Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Good afternoon. I'm Monica Bay, and first and foremost, I want to apologize for my voice today. I got slapped by that northeastern flu bug that's just racing through our office in the entire northeast, and I sound a little bit more like like I think uh, Betty Davis today that I normally do. So I hope that's a good thing. Um, I am so thrilled today to um, have two tremendous guests. Um, we have Jane Ferguson, a partner in the Dallas office of Gardere Wynn Sewell, and I'm probably mispronouncing it, and I hope they will they will correct me. And the fabulous Jennifer King also from the same firm. And we had a delightful time putting together uh, the March Green Law column called Visiting with Ed. And we're going to tell you all about it and how the firm got some TV star power to uh, make a otherwise routine networking uh, event be just star-powered and fantastic. So let's start first. And uh, Jane, tell us a little bit about what you do at the firm and, and tell me how to pronounce it. And um, then we'll talk to Jen. This is Jane Ferguson. You did a great job. It's Gardier, Wynn, and Sewell. I'm a partner in the corporate section. Uh, I do business deals and try and stay out of the courtroom and try and keep my clients out of the courtroom. Um, I've been at the firm about, oh, I guess, 13 years now. And uh I've been involved in a lot of different areas of outside just the practice of law at the firm, other committees and events, and that's how I got involved in the Gardner Women's Council. And uh, Jen, before we have both of you tell us a little bit about the Women's Council, tell us a little bit about um, your role at the firm and how long you've been there. Sure. I am starting my sixth year at Gardeer, and I'm Assistant Director for Marketing and Business Development, and I have the pleasure of working with our attorneys across practice areas and industry teams, as well as on um, different groups like the Gardeer Women's Council, and that is how I got involved with our Ed Begley Jr. event. Excellent. Um, Jane, if I could ask you to tell our readers who might not be familiar with your firm, just give us a little snapshot about how big you are, where your offices are, what your key practice areas are, so we give them a little bit of context, if you would. Sure. Um, Gardier has uh, four offices in Dallas, which is our, our primary office with the most attorneys, Houston, Austin, and Mexico City. We have about 280 attorneys and about almost 400 support professionals um, that help us you know, provide our legal services. Uh, we practice in almost every area, energy, litigation, tax, technology, environmental, uh, financial services, IP, labor and employment. It's a full-service firm. Terrific. And tell us about the Women's Council and how it came about and a little bit of uh, what they've done in the past before we start talking about uh, Mr. Bagley. Sure. Um, it was formed, I think, in, in 2000 um, to kind of to give a platform to our women attorneys uh, to talk about networking, help, help with networking, with clients, business contacts, you know, different people in the community. Um, we meet... Um, on a regular basis um, to discuss what our practices are um, and what we're, what we're working on among ourselves. And then we have different events with our clients, potential clients networking to kind of um, bring everybody together. 
And I'm assuming that a typical networking event is the ones we all very much enjoy where we get together at the local hotel and, and enjoy each other's company, maybe listen to a speaker. Is that, was that pretty much the type of events you had prior to this year? That, that it has been, it's been pretty much, pretty similar. We, um, have at times tried to have them at our clients' venues, at their offices or their businesses to kind of, you know, so they can promote their own business as well. But for the most part, it's, it's, it's as you described. Now, your firm has been um, very active in the green initiative. In fact, your CIO, uh, Ken Orgeron, is a member of my board, and he's the one who actually told me about the, this special event you put on. Um, and I know he's been very active in developing protocols to help Gardere stay green, be sustainable. And you two told me this was a, a key goal for the firm as you celebrate your 100th anniversary. Congratulations. So how, who thought of inviting Ed Begley? And, and before you answer that, I should probably remind some of our listeners, this will date me as a baby boomer. But uh, I think a lot of us first became addicted to Ed Begley when he was on St. Elsewhere, one of the medical dramas, I guess, be kind of comparable to what has evolved into ER, which is now, you know, in its final season. So it's, Ed's been around a little bit. And he's become known as a, not just an actor, but a very strong environmental activist. And I don't know about you, but I have discovered uh, HB, what is it called? I think it's the Planet Green Channel on um, our cable system and they have a wonderful program called living with ed that is absolutely addictive with his wife and the challenges of trying to live a a carbon appropriate lifestyle and be in in uh, los angeles and it's quite quirky and fun and uh, humorous and unbelievably educational. I'm just dying to put solar panels on my little cottage up in Lakeville, Connecticut. So that's how I knew about Ed Begley. How did you guys find out about him and what prompted you to want to bring him to Texas? Jenny, I'm not sure who actually suggested Ed. What we were, since the firm was having our green initiative and really focusing on, we we thought our other our clients would appreciate what, what we're doing, and they're having the same types of issues and same issues. And so we wanted to have somebody that um, was going to be fun and entertaining, and um, Ed's name came up, and the fact that he had this show, um, we looked at it and thought, he would be perfect for that. He's, he, he not only lives what he, you know, what he preaches, but um, he's entertaining while he does it. He and, and we is. also thought that... Um, Having an event like this would be a little different than the usual green program or um, outreach that companies are making these days because we're all realizing, it seems, at the same time that this is something we need to pay attention to both professionally and personally. Now, I understand that uh, in tr- in connecting with Ed also gave you an opportunity to support a women-owned uh, business. Can you tell us how you found the speaking agency and what the process was in case any of our listeners or their organizations might be interested in doing a similar kind of event? How What can they learn from, from your experience on trying to track down Mr. Begley? Well, we um, used Dallas-based International Speakers Bureau. Uh, the... Um, woman that founded the business is um, her daughter goes to school with mine, so I was familiar with Michelle, and they book 
numerous, 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 represent numerous uh, celebrities and speakers. And so um, when we started thinking about this, we thought, well, how do we get a hold of them? And I said, oh, well, we, need, we need to use the International Speakers Bureau. And I love the idea of, of uh, using a woman-owned uh, business to help, help book this for our Women's Council. And that was, a, you said, a Dallas-based company? Uh-huh. Any advice you would give to our listeners if they were trying to come up with an appropriate speaker to, you know, that you learn from going through it? Uh, uh, how, do, how does one find these speakers' bureaus? Well, it always helps to have an existing relationship. And, and Jane had worked with Michelle Lemons and, the, and ISB for a while, um, just on a personal level. She had known about them and... and I've used them in a past job, but speakers bureaus are very helpful when you're trying to reach someone who is maybe seemingly unattainable. They have made professional connections with people with expertise or entertainers, and oftentimes they'll be able to cut through the red tape and help you secure a speaker. And it's also very helpful because frequently these people have schedule changes, which we actually experienced with Ed. And so having um, this middle middleman, per se, really is helpful because they will make sure everything goes smoothly, even if you have a schedule change or if, if uh, had, I've had speakers drop out before, we've had to replace them. Um, and, and they are very key to succeeding in an event of this size. So they're very helpful. So tell us a little bit more about the actual event, how many folks you were considering you were inviting, and um, and then if you could tell us how you found this amazing venue where you had it. Well, we um, I probably sent out, Jenny, uh, 500 invitations or so. We, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to, to have this be broad-based, and so um, we sent out numerous inv- invitations. But th- about the venue, we were thinking, okay, we've, we've green movement. And one of our... Um, Partners, woman partners said, well, you know, there is the new LEED certified building at Southern Methodist University here in Dallas. It's the engineering building. And we thought, let's, let's look into that. And Jenny went and looked at it. And I'll let you talk about how the building, because you really worked with SMU and, and getting that building for our use. Sure. We, we did go over there and, and look at the space to make sure it was appropriate for an event and to find out more about it. it you can look online um, on SMU's website and see a little bit about the building, but it always helps to see it in person. And it, it's a beautiful building designed um, very recently. Uh, it was actually, our event was held on the two-year anniversary of the opening of the building, so it's still very new. And so many of the materials used to make the building, to build the building, are were sustainable resources. Either they were reused and recycled or they were trucked in from a close proximity versus, you know, being trucked in from across the country. And um, it's really, I think, the future of how SMU and, and other institutions like that are trying to build future buildings. It saves money. It's the right thing for the environment. And for us, it became the right venue because it just it fits so nicely with, with the the whole theme and feeling of the event that we were putting together. Now, I really want to know the question of how did you get it for free? SMU is a wonderful partner um, with the Dallas community, and um, we we certainly knew um, folks over there, specifically the assistant dean for the engineering school, and they were very generous to let us uh, use that building for that afternoon. We had a a nominal fee that we paid um, to have valet parking rights. But other than that, they were a generous community partner. 
That's amazing. I think you told us that it was under $250 for the parking. <laughs> I want you to do my next event. Well, that's, that was the parking awesome. fee. Valet is always a little more than that, but it was okay. still um, compared to the standard hotel rate, which these days valet can be $20 a person um, and congested. It was a great place. So um, you've got the venue, you've got the speaker, and then the next task is you always have to feed these folks. So, uh, and I want to make sure we leave enough time to talk about what Ed talked about and, and the bonus you got with his gracious ability to, um, uh, or willingness to, to come to the firm and talk to some of your lawyers. So let's talk quickly about how you kept all your carnivores happy with a, um, catering menu that included vegan, uh, uh, gluten-free and vegetarian items. I thought you did a very clever job. I might take that one on. Um, We worked with two of our favorite caterers in town and asked them for a bid for a a menu that included gluten-free and vegetarian or vegan items, as well as something that might be organic but include meat. Um, for the people that needed that. And, and I just laugh because we live in Texas and people love their beef here. And I'm a vegetarian, so I was excited about putting together a little bit different menu than, than the usual one. And the caterer that we ended up using um, had a list of all of his going green elements, about 10 bullet points of the things he and his staff would do to make sure the the event was as green as possible from the production side. And then he put together a really interesting menu of, of some vegetarian items that made carnivores not feel like they were starving. And then he put together a special <laughs> gluten-free hors d'oeuvres tray for Ed Begley Jr. And we're talking with Jennifer King, Assistant Director of Marketing and Business Development, and Jane Ferguson, a partner, both of them with Gardeer. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back to hear about what Ed Begley talked about in Dallas. And now, a word from our sponsor. We hope you listen to one of our brand new shows here on the Legal Talk Network, In-House Legal with attorney Paul Boyton, experienced in all things in-house. If you're interested in the top issues, news, and trends inside the corporate legal department, you'll want to listen to In-House Legal. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and listen now, download the show, or even better, subscribe to the RSS feed. It's free. If you found us in the podcast library of iTunes... Thanks for listening. Check out some of our other shows at LegalTalkNetwork.com and become a member. It's free. Hi, I'm Monica Bay, and you're listening to Law Technology Now. I have two fantastic guests today, Jennifer King, Assistant Director of Marketing and Business Development, and Jane Ferguson, a partner and chair of the Women's Council, both at Gardeer Wynn Sewell in Texas. And we are talking about how the firm got to visit with Ed Begley. Um, those of you who are coming late into the podcast, just remind you that Ed Begley is the star of Living with Ed, which is just a quirky, wonderful show that many of us are completely addicted to on um, Planet Green on our cable systems. Ladies, tell us what Ed did when he got there and how he was such a smash hit with your both your party and your lawyers. We were really lucky. Um, he was so gracious, and 
know, typically when we have a speaker come, they just come for the cocktail hour. But he agreed, we will, and we were trying to get, you know, the, obviously the most of our speaker fee to come and talk uh, to our firm. He not only um, had lunch with our, our partners and our attorneys and kind of talked about, kind of gave this introduction and kind of we took questions and answers, he also took the time uh, to meet with our firm personnel uh, even during, even through a video conference uh, at lunchtime. So everyone in the firm got to hear and, and, and speak with him, and he was so wonderfully gracious. Was the video sped to um, all of your offices, or was this strictly in the Dallas office? Um, it was to all the offices through a video conference. It was through video conference. He was in the Dallas office, but it was, Correct. It was video conference to every other office. And what was that? What was his message? What did he um, talk to the lawyers and the and your support staff and other professionals about um, during the the law school portion of it? Well, his his message was really um, pretty straightforward. It's that each of us can do small things to become more environmentally friendly. Um, you don't have to go out and put solar panels on your house right away. You can do simple things like caulking uh, your windows. And he talked about um, that. A lot of places, your utility companies will come out and give you a, a um, an audit to see what you can do to make your home more um, environmentally friendly. Um, he talked about how he just start, he started out being involved in this to kind of honor his father, um, who had recently passed away, and and you know he started doing small things like fluorescent bulbs, and now he you know he's got solar paneling and all the other different things. But as as he said, it's just do what your budget and your time allow, and I think that was a real simple message, but it was something that people weren't intimidated by, and they thought, oh, we can do this. It was. It was a powerful message in its simplicity. Yeah. Now, did he say pretty much the same thing at his speech at the party, or was it a different message at the party? Um, it was It was basically the same thing. Then he took question and answers, and so it went in a little bit different direction. One of our attorneys had um, just remodeled his home to be green, and he pointed that out to, to, to our clients, and, and um, he talked about the building here. And um, it, it was a, a similar message, but he um, was very personable and answered specific questions, what he does or what someone could do and what issues they had. Um, he's, he's very knowledgeable about it. Do you think some of the folks were a little bit surprised that someone they might have thought of as an actor is so amazingly knowledgeable about so many things of, in terms of of practical things we can do to go green? I think people probably expected him to be a little bit more formal of a speech and a little bit more intimidating, and he was so down-to-earth and so practical and so knowledgeable that it wasn't intimidating at all. You felt like, in fact, someone said, well, how did you know Ed? And I said, I didn't know Ed. He goes, well, y'all were just talking back and forth like you were old friends, and that's the kind of how he made you feel, which was great. That's terrific. Now, what's next on the agenda for the firm? What does the what does the women's council? Uh, how do, how do they top that? You know, we're we're working hard at that. Um, well, we've got some different things in the works right now. Maybe a follow up to this event with uh, various different businesses here in town that would show off their um, environment, environmentally friendly wares. Maybe have it at a you know at a um, store. There's several stores that sell products or do audits. We were trying to kind of do something to follow up with this. Um, We're looking at that, and we're looking at some CLE, which uh, continuing legal education for some clients that would also address address maybe global warming and the environment with our environmental lawyers. And I understand that you even went, you 
went to details, uh, all green details, including the traditional gift bag for attendees. Do you want to wrap up our session by telling us how, what you gave and how you found the proprietor who made them? Janelle, I'll let you tell you that. Oh, sure. It's, um, it's a wonderful tote bag, um, that's, that we were thinking of doing something like that for clients, that they would have a takeaway that could help them be green. And, and just the obvious came to me uh, with grocery shopping. And, and and Jane and I talked about that, and we thought that sounded like a good idea because everyone is trying to um, minimize their use of those plastic grocery bags. And so we actually had um, someone, an, an intern who's going to be a law clerk with us next summer help us with some research this past summer. And she found this fabulous woman-owned business, family-run in New Hampshire that uses organic cotton and sustainably harvested um, materials to produce this bag called Envirotote. And they were able to put a beautiful design that we put together on the tote. And that's we, we had those tied up with, I think, natural burlap or something and gave those out to all of our guests at the event. And we also had a handout that we put together with local websites and national websites about um, green resources, as well as 10 things that you can do that are very simple to live a greener life. Well, I would uh, applaud both of you. Um, and by the way, the handbags cost $5 a piece. Um, it sounds like you stretched your money, stretched your imagination, and opened a lot of people's minds and hearts to this incredibly important subject. Now, if our listeners would like to get um, a copy of the 10 tips, is there a website or an email or a phone number that you could give where they could contact you to get that information? Sure. We, I think we are planning to put that on our website, which is gardier.com, G-A-R-D-E-R-E.com. But certainly they can, they can email me at jking, J-K-I-N-G, at gardier.com, and I'll zip that over. We'd also be happy to provide it to you in case anyone contacted you all. That's great. If you give it to me, I'll put it up on the LTN website. Excellent. Well, this has been a fast and furious and fascinating conversation. We've been talking with uh, Jane Ferguson, a partner in the Dallas office of Gardair Winsoul, who is chair of the firm's Women's Council, and Jennifer King, Assistant Director of Marketing and Business Development for the firm, about visiting with Ed, how they put together an event with Ed Begley, Jr., That's it for our program today. I hope you'll come listen to us next time at Law Technology Now. A little bit of housekeeping. You can uh, listen to these podcasts three different places. One is at www.lawtechnologynow.com. Also from our partners at the Legal Talk Network, and their website is www.legaltalknetwork.com. And of course, on iTunes. Special thank yous, as always, to the fabulous Jill Winware and her team at law.com, to Lou Ann Reeb, Scott Hess, Mike Hoshman, and Kate Kenny at Legal Talk Network and to the team at Law Technology News in New York. I'm Monica Bay with Incisive Media, and I hope you'll be with us next time for Law Technology Now. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.